0: Hey Adam. Hey Peter.
1: I'm Adam Menace, and I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear podcast, Jazz Explained. Explain what we were doing there, Peter. What were we doing? <laughs> well, you know what? It took me, it took me about three seconds. I thought we were on a delay. We're still over Zoom here, so I thought something yep. got stuck with you. And then I put together your little pun. You were doing oh, something stuck with me. Something <laughs> definitely. Stuck. You were doing a. Su- you were uh, exhibiting sustenance with a sustaining tone, right? Oh. I was sustaining a
0: tone because it's a little. That's what we like to call in the biz, Peter. A little foreshadowing.
1: That's right. Little. And, uh, foreshadowing. I don't know. We might
0: even call back later. Those are all. Those are all inside terms. So I don't know if you know about those, but uh, hey, buddy, yeah, stage you know. left,
1: right now, stage left.
0: <laughs> that was a little foreshadowing to uh, to our speak pipe. We got a speak pipe today, uh, but if you if you're new to the show, first of all, where you been? Yeah. But if you don't know, we have this. No, no, no uh, hold up, hold
1: up, hold up. If you're new to the show, welcome, welcome in. Much love, fam. Come on, so that's, that's, come on, Adam. That's much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, if you want to ever ask us a question about jazz piano or anything really, practicing, career, uh, business, anything like that, you can go to you'llhearit.com and leave us what we call a speak pipe. There's a button there that says leave us a voice message. You can do that and we will listen to your question. Well, we live don't call it, we
1: do call it a speak pipe, but that's, I mean, you make it sound like what we call uh, the speak, pop, speak, speak pipe corporation. So we invented that term really because i feel like we use a service called speakpipe.com in order to gather these things
0: it's the greatest speakpipe.com and uh they should be thanking us for giving them so much i mean we've really turned it into like a brand like kleenex where it's like that's, that's what right. you leave us a speak when you leave us a speakpipe exactly that's what people think of the dozens and dozens of people think of <laughs> that's that right. listen to this show when that's they right. think of voicemails yeah. that's right
1: that's right um Cool. Okay, so this, this one's going to be the question, and I think the topic is kind of short and sweet, so we're going to see where this is going to go, but I think it's going to be on the shorter side. Not because we aren't brilliantly prepared to expound upon and to drop oh, yeah. knowledge, as we would say in the biz, drop no, knowledge from stage right like or stage third. left.
0: We've been working on this particular episode for months and months. That's really right. doing a lot, lots of research. I actually flew to Paris for two weeks huh. uh, to do a little bit of research on sustained pedals. So we're ready to go.
1: Here. I actually rode my bike to New York so that I could pedal my way to an answer. Okay. So,
0: yeah, exactly. Like Peter's <laughs> riding all over the... I mean, look at how much we're doing for That's our dear right. listeners. Peter. We would go to, to all corners of the earth, you know, or we just listen to
1: it and see what we <laughs> All right. So this is Sam from the UK.
0: Hi, Peter and Adam. Um, Just want to say I've been loving the podcast, and I've only been listening for a couple of weeks now, but I'm absolutely hooked. Um, I was wondering if you guys could talk about the place of the sustain pedal in jazz and sort of like how to integrate it, what kind of styles, and how to use it well. Thanks, guys. Much love from England.
1: All right. Thanks for the question, Sam. The answer is it has no place in jazz. You'll hear it. Is that... Uh, that's our answer. Is Is that, that
0: our... Yeah, you shouldn't use it in this music. No, of course not, Peter. That right? would be a great binary. I love
1: binary answers. You know what I mean when it's like, no. should you do this? Yeah, I like. I'm a yes or no guy.
0: Yes or
1: no. Okay. No, of course we should use it. I think that I end up sort of preaching against overuse of it more than underuse because that's what I hear other players doing, not necessarily really high, high, high level players, I, I think have a good feel for it and like really honor the pedal with the attention that it deserves. Uh, but I think yeah. a lot of sort of students and intermediate players as you're on that journey, I think what happens is you start to want to hear a certain sound, a certain resonance from the instrument, a certain yeah. like kind of perception of bigger chords, bigger sounding things. And the easiest way to sort of do that sometimes is with the pedal, with the sustained pedal. We're talking about the one on the right. Um, and well, but I
0: think maybe we could talk about both the right and left pedal ooh, on this episode because I okay. feel like, to what you're saying, Peter, beginners and intermediate students overuse the sustained pedal, yeah. but advanced students overuse the, uh, the left pedal, that yeah. you could call it the soft pedal, but it's not actually the soft pedal. What's it called, the sostenuto or something? Uh, I
1: thought that was the middle one. Tenuto? Tenuto, tinnitus. It's the soft, know, pedal. It's soft pedal. It absolutely is the soft pedal. We always call it the soft pedal. Um, I want to get the official
0: names here. Hold on. How do we not get this in our years <laughs> of research? <It's>
1: crazy. <laughs> you can tell we take pedaling uh, seriously. Well, no, but I mean, he's asking specifically about the sustained pedal. Una corda. And, una corda. Una pedal. corda. Let's just play a una corda. I want the one corda. And a doppio espresso, but just the una corda. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think the sustained pedal is something that, in a way... Beginners overuse it, but it's really more of an advanced technique to use it within jazz, especially um, to be able to hear the effects that it has. So the most basic thing about this is to be able to really listen as you're using it in different situations, as you're practicing, because you have to get used to what the effect is. Because it's such a, like, it's not like playing classical music where a lot of times the music tells you when to use it. You still have to know how to use it, but it's telling you the times to use it and presumably the times not to use it. In jazz, like it's kind of part of the improvisational um, flow when you want to use it to get a certain sound. But if you don't understand what that sound is and then you get on the gig, you're going to be mashing it down probably too often or maybe even like when you're tapping your foot and then you start hitting it. I see some people do that. Um, and then also uh, – well, go ahead. Say what you have to say about that because then I want to get into like different gradations and a more advanced – because it's not – talk about not binary. It shouldn't be – it's not an on and off switch because you can do little yeah, things any- with it, right? You know, it's funny because the better the, the better the piano
0: is, the more expressive the piano. The the sustain pedal can become one of your 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 um, most deadly weapons for expression. Like it can become your most useful tool for expressing yourself, and not just in long languid legato passages, but even in like fast lines and stuff. But you have to know the the depth of it, the the gradation of how how it affects the sound yeah. in the different registers. It's yeah. different in each register yeah. too. So, it just takes a lot of experimentation, and then there's all sorts of different ways to use it. you know, of course, you can just barely let the dampers you know hanging down on the strings. It gives you a whole different effect uh, than not. You can go full on of course, that opens everything up. You could also grab things, Peter. I use this a lot, uh, especially in comping of like you know a, a nice staccato note and grabbing with the pedal, yeah. just an instant after you hit it and and you can really get a very cool. Forte piano effect, essentially. Yeah. Um, and that there's all different kinds of effects. What I hear most often from most of our our um, beginner and intermediate students is just laying on it thick yeah. as a yeah. mode to express yourself. And it's just on, you know, for, for way too much. Yeah. And so I actually have a lot of beginner students. I, I make them put their right foot behind the bench. That's good. And practice without it. Because you do need a certain amount of of facility in your hands first yeah before you can really i think appreciate its uses or else you're just going to cheat too much with it you know
1: yeah and i think sometimes if if you practice with too much pedal it can give you a false sense of security and also it can kind of muddy up um things that you really need to be hearing when you practice like are you playing a chord you know with all the notes at the same time. When you have the pedal going from the chord before it, it can make it seem like you're playing evenly between the fingers or between the hands when you're actually not. So it's kind of puts this sheen or kind of reverby kind of thing. It's like practicing in a hall with like really big reverb and no people in there. It can give you the illusion that you have this great big sound, but it's doing a lot of the work for you. So I, I agree with that. You know, you can put it behind your, your, your uh, bench. You can also sometimes put it underneath the pedal if you, if you yeah. really are doing too much unconscious sort of pedaling, like you shove your foot under there. And if none of those work, you can chop your leg off. That would be considered it, an extreme solution and kind of a one-way situation. But, you know, do, do. it, YMMV.
0: Yeah, um, but I will say that, so, so just to your point though, is like if you play a chord and you have the pedal down, just know that you're not just hitting those notes. Those notes are now resonating the rest of the strings yes. and the overtones of the strings. So you are making a bigger sound by playing a chord with the pedal down. And and even if you keep your hands down, right, then with it off. Sympathetic that, vibrations. Would
1: that be something you might it, be interested in?
0: It is, but you don't probably don't want that all the time, yeah. right? So just, I would actually, you know, you could take a week and start your session off or end your practice session with just messing around with the pedal, with the sustain pedal, with the una corda pedal. Uh, even with the Sestuno the the Sustenuno pedal, uh if you can ever figure out I've used it like twice. Honestly.
1: I know. I'm uh, always saying I'm gonna yeah. use, I know exactly how it works. I've even worked out some I know, we do. some, some I times some to use out. it. It's never quite worth it though. <laughs> I
0: know, it takes too much brain power. But uh but could uh, you imagine but, getting
1: to a jam <laughs> session and being like, um they're like, Yeah, let's let's play um Grubin High. Okay, cool. Can you wait just a second? I want to check and see if this sustain pedal yeah. is working. Everybody be quiet a second. I'm going to be testing this out a little bit, okay?
0: Yeah, you see. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just takes messing around. If you don't have a real piano, get to a real piano because I don't think they've fully figured it out yet on these on these electronic pedals. Right, There's nothing right. like a, a true sustained pedal and a true Unicorda pedal, which maybe we could talk about next. You love uh, saying Unicorda, don't you? I, well, now that I'm... Well, I've, I've, I've been... <laughs> an expert on it Peter. you're it's trying so to lock
1: hard. it in i know what you're doing you just looked it up and now you're like if i can say it 10 times in the next 10 minutes it'll be locked and loaded
0: well you know it's because we always call it the soft pedal here yeah.
1: like colloquial colloquially because that's in what America. it does that's what it does it
0: well it does and it doesn't so let's get in there so it's like tim apple
1: it's not his name but that's where he works so it's like you're, you're getting both both best of both worlds Tim, Timmy you
0: Apple, it actually does different things on different pianos. So on a grand piano, it shifts the keyboard and the hammers over yeah. a few millimeters or centimeters um, to the right. Usually, it could be uh, you could. I've played on pianos where it goes a little too far. Yeah. and it starts hitting <laughs> In wrong the next string. note. But there is a depth thing with this. This isn't also a binary pedal. Like you just press it all the way down and that's one way or all the way off. It has a huge spectrum of a different sound. And I always spend a little time at the beginning with a new piano at a club or a hall getting used to the unicorda. Where's the sweet spot for what I need it for? Um, It does work as a soft pedal. If you need to play softly, you can move it over. Usually that halfway, three quarters way, Peter, you're going to find this big, beautiful bell-like but soft uh, attack and that's where a lot of the butter in the ballads can come from yes
1: and i think that that it also it not only makes it softer because you have less um, strings being struck by the hammers of course um, but when you do get into those little gradients in between you it changes the tone it changes the so it's not just about playing softer it's about giving you another texture and timbre and so especially in some ballad situations that can be very effective to try those and i i love your suggestion highly recommend that and second that when you're checking out a piano don't forget to check about check out you know you want to see how the action is you want to see how the different registers the evenness um you know what the travel on the keys are all those kinds of things but also yeah what's the pedals like um and what will it let you do and what will it not let you do? A, what, what's going to be more difficult so you don't get surprised once you get into the actual use scenario on the gig.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it can be a very useful pedal. Now I did say more advanced students I've noticed, especially if I think they're feeling nervous or like they don't want to overplay or they're, they're, they're somehow feeling some kind of in their head about it. They'll yeah. put on that una corda to try to like soften the blow or yeah. to round out the sound, it does give you a nice round sound. On some pianos, it actually makes it sound like you're playing, you know, a Steinway in 1959 or something. You know, yeah. it like has this like you're on a record all of a sudden. It can thin you know, things but,
1: out too on on some instruments, depending it on can, the room. In some instruments. Like a,
0: like I was saying, on, it's different on pianos because on, a, on an upright piano, it doesn't work. Most uprights, it yeah. doesn't work that way where it slides the keys over just because that's not how the strings are laid out. It actually puts the hammers in a, in a more shallow position. So yeah. it is a much yeah. softer. I find those on uprights to be nearly useless. Yes. It just kind of messes with the, the throw of the hammer yeah. in my situation yeah. and it's harder to control. So I, I will almost never use it. Also, uprights aren't the loudest pianos anyway. So you don't... You almost never and need it. And some
1: uprights I've seen, I, I want to say it's one of the Korean manufacturers maybe. It actually, when you put the Unicorda pedal, it it puts like a felt banner in between that, the hammers and the...
0: No, no, that's, that's the Yamaha. I'm going to forget the model number, but that's no. actually the middle, and there's a notch on the Yamaha. Oh, that's right. But it's like a practice
1: situation. The apartment right. piano, yeah. Right. Those are awesome, by the way. Yeah, they are. Uh,
0: uh, um, singer-songwriter Gabriel Kahane uh who actually adam neely played on one of his uh one of his videos uh a friend of the show adam neely played on one of his videos uh but you should check him out man he's so good and he made a record uh beautiful songs but the piano is almost always has that piece of felt uh in between it sounds really cool it almost sounds like a finger-picked acoustic guitar or something it's very right right a little bit of
1: a Softening. Um, okay, two other things about the sustain pedal. Since we pretty much talked about the Uta quarter pedal the whole time, and the question was about sustain. <laughs> but two things I just thought of. One is make sure. Do me. I love a soft pedal. <laughs> so um, one thing is like in order to sort of you know uh, define or or start to refine your conception and understanding of what the sustain pedal is and what it does is is look at the inside of a grand piano or an upright, you're going to have to kind of pull the front thing off of the upright if you're going to do this, but just look at what it's actually doing in terms of like the dampers, like how it's moving them away. And then as you lift your, as you press down on the pedal and then slowly let it back up and see what it's doing. And like when it starts, because it's not, Oh, now it's reaching the hammers and it's back there's all this in between and depending so once you start to understand physically what's happening to the strings and look at the bass strings the tenor the treble because it's a little bit different for all of those um yeah. but that'll start you'll start to understand what it can do and then the other thing is is like as you're practicing especially on ballads when you do want to use a lot of sustain pedal and go deep when you come up when the harmony's changing um and normally you need to do that so that the same notes don't ring through um, make sure that you understand what it means to come all the way up and go back down quickly. A lot of people come up, they think they're all the way up and they're not, and they get a little bit of bleed through or sus- yeah. uh, un- unintentional sustain. And that's a lot of times when I'll just be like, you're, you're playing too much sustain." but it's not like you're using it in too many places, but you're not letting it up enough. You, um, of course you have to use your ears as you go and all the panels are different. So you have to be thinking about the sound that you want and making sure that your foot is in line with that. But it starts with understanding the mechanics of it and then making sure that you're comfortable going with the full range of the pedal motion. And if we
0: have any open studio members here, uh, you should check out Fred Hirsch's course, mm. Thoughts and Experiments, in Solo Piano, because he has a whole lesson talking about the sustain pedal and the una corda pedal. And his thoughts on it, too. And uh, so if, you, if you're if you an all-access pass or a piano access pass or an Open Studio Pro member, which I know we have a ton of listeners who are, go check that out because Fred will also have a lot of... I think he actually has some, like, exercises, Peter, to practice yeah. with your foot. You know, we had a foot cam on him. That's so right. You can that see dude loves
1: wears. the... Uh, I believe he was wearing Allbirds. Uh, fun He fact. was wearing Allbirds. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently work really good for pedaling the piano and sounding great like Fred Hirsch.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. So Peter, before we get out of here, uh, how about a little word from our, uh, word from our sponsor?
1: All right. Well, thank you for those words and Adam, it's great to have you back. Um, and, um uh, I look forward to the next episode of the, you'll hear it podcast. You know what we do? We do it all the time. Hey, you know what they should do though, Peter? You know what they should do? Who?
0: They should leave us, our listeners, our oh. dear
1: Dear, dear, dear listeners, dear listeners,
0: they should leave us a rating and review. You can do that wherever you're wherever you're listening to this right now. Yes. There's likely some kind of system to leave us a seven star review. Now, on some applications, you might have to figure out how to do exactly seven stars because some uh, fascist applications only limit it to oh, five.
1: Oh, cats get political your, now. <laughs> let
0: your let your <laughs> Let your lights shine. Let your stars go all the way to seven. Don't be boxed in.
1: <laughs> Let your unicorn horn pierce the sky with your ratings and reviews.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, don't be don't be boxed in by the corporate five star
1: overlords.
0: Leave us seven stars. And I like how you kind of go
1: into your your stoner dope doper kind of voice when you say that corporate. I'm wearing overlord. my chacos,
0: buddy. I don't know if you saw, but I got new sandals. <laughs>
1: Awesome. All right. Well, till next time. You'll hear it.